My Wax Museum is a proud member of the Create Fine and is produced by Mecco Radio. Hey guys, Alex popping in just before we get into today's show to make a simple request. Please go and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. It helps people find us and it makes us feel warm and fuzzy. You can do that wherever you're listening to the podcast if they allow it, or you can always go to the first link in the show notes and leave us a review on Podchaser. It's kind of like an IMDb for podcasts. Thanks for doing that. Now, onto the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. I'm your host, Alex Williams, and today I'm joined by Phil Better. This was a really fun conversation, definitely one of the longest interviews I've done in the past year, and honestly, we could have gone longer, probably forever. And remember, after today's show, to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Phil Better, welcome to My Wax Museum. Thank you so much. I thought there was going to be a bit more, so I paused. I'm like, is he going to talk more? No, um, I'm so happy to be here. Uh, from the conversation we had on my show to uh, coming here and exploring more of the conversation, I can't wait to see what... Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because, I mean, I I feel like we've connected on like a professional level. We've talked a lot about podcasting, a little bit of podcasters gossip. Yeah. And, and now I get to learn more about you personally and more about where where you're from and what your life experience has been like up to this point. And the way that I like to start off every episode of My Wax Museum is filling in the audience on how we know each other. So would you mind letting the audience know how we got in touch? Certainly. So uh, obviously, both me and Alex are podcasters. I run a podcast called The Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast, where I interview digital entrepreneurs and Alex reached out to me on a mutual platform that we're both on. And he's like, hey, I would like to be a guest. And he gave me his info. He gave me a great intro uh, to let me know why he would be a great value to my show. And I was like, yes, because he's kind of Alex is kind of like two steps ahead of where I want to be in my life. Uh, being a podcaster and running it as a business. Now he's doing this little dance and looks all happy. I'm blushing. Yeah. I'm a, I also, I'm a big brown noser when I'm a guest on a show. So I will like pump out my guests as much, uh, uh, the host <laughs> as much as possible as a thank you. Um, but yeah, so he, he came on and he was, we had a great conversation. Like it was an amazing conversation. And then he, he said, he said, Hey, do you want to be a guest on my show? And I was like, Yeah. Who, who wouldn't want to talk for 30 minutes about themselves. And that's where how we know each other. And we're both Canadians, so we also have that in common, and we're both awesome. Hey, it's true. Awesome and Canadian, although I feel like that's kind of the same thing sometimes. Uh, <laughs> it is, but you, for the international community, as a Canadian, we know we're awesome because right. we're Canadians. Like, right. look at the landscape we have to survive in, quote-unquote. It's not that harsh. <laughs> it's surprisingly, we have, like, one, maybe two months of really shit weather, and then our rest of our winter is pretty easy to handle. But we, we like to say, oh, it's like seven months of winter. And we only show you like the one month that's hell. And then you just think, oh, the rest of the year must be exactly like that. No, it's beautiful. You, you're you out on the west on the west side. I'm on the east side. So I got the, the lazy, not the lazy, but the relaxed sea, sea man mentality, you know, the small town type mentality. You're out west. You're the, you got the laid back you know west coast feeling going on you got a bit of the business side in uh, in your area so yeah canadians are awesome yeah <laughs> all that to say canadians <laughs> yeah. are awesome we are it's true and we're only humble on tv we're <laughs> yeah oh god we're horrible if you got a group of canadians together 
Hoo-wee. Uh, we, yeah. we are like the most boastful, hateful. No, we don't. We don't hate. We just tease. A lot. <laughs> but the minute there's an outsider in our group, we go into strict, like stereotypical Canadian, super nice. We never talk negative about anything. But the minute that we're alone, whew, we are some of the most rudest people. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's probably a pretty common cultural trait. You know, when you're when you're out there with other people, you're really nice, representing your your troop, right? Yeah. But then when you're in private, you're just like, you know what? I hate the rest of them. Yeah. And, Have you dealt with those types of people? Like, oh, my God, you know, like the Karens of the world. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's how we know each other. We got along great. And I was like, I need to have as many more conversations with Phil as possible. So other, other than that, we start with where are you from? So where did Phil begin? Phil began back in 1985 on a very, no, um, that's probably a little too far back, uh, <laughs> but I'm from Montreal, Canada, um, been podcasting for at least the last five years, been in the podcasting world the last 10, either listening or helping people grow their podcasts and that or sharing podcasts. Um, and I decided in 2020 to be like, hell, let's make this a living. And started, you know, helping produce podcasts as a living and launching another podcast uh, this week or next week. I have so many podcasts like currently in the go help. Like either I'm directly producing it, doing all the work or people I'm helping people like do it and promote their stuff as a podcast promoter. Because I love podcast. Podcasting is my joie de vivre, if you will, if I can borrow the French saying. It's, it's just so much fun because... You're learning constantly, either if you're on the back end, you're learning how to be a better producer, or if you're on the mic, you're learning how to be a better host or a better guest. And you, you're learning always from every aspect. And I just love podcasting for that. Amen. Podcasting is the best thing. And I feel like everybody I know knows that because I tell them every day. <laughs> I'm like, it's, you just love ha having someone else tell you how awesome podcasting is. You're like, see, someone else agrees with me. <laughs> see, now I feel like I, I have been justified. So thank you, Phil, for, for saying this. Uh, tell me a little bit about your growing up experience. You are not the first person that I've interviewed from Montreal. But I feel like when I talked with my other guest from Montreal, Brendan, uh, we we didn't talk much about like Montreal itself. So tell me what are like the things to do in Montreal? What are the best things? So this is really funny because I find, well, I'm finding it funny. I'll, I'll let you know why I find it funny. Yesterday I interviewed a gentleman by the name of Stephen Bailey. He is a, a travel blogger, podcaster. Um, he's done his, he literally left the UK in 2007 and just traveled the world, finding odd jobs and all that. And he developed a, a company called Katie that puts you in touch with uh, people on the ground in the location you want. And that will help build your perfect vacation. Instead of doing the, you know, the TripAdvisor top 10, here you can do what you want. So he actually asked me, what are some great things about Montreal? And I'm like, one, you have to try Swartz's Deli. So that's an iconic thing you have to do when you come to Montreal. Uh, even like as commercialized and how top 10 it is, it's still an institution. Uh, so you, if you're, if you're a vegetarian, don't go there. Um, go, go to either St. Vitor bagels or St. 
there's another there's two bagel shops you have to try but also one of the biggest things you have to do is go to mount royal and stand on our observatory and see the city because there's a line of an old line montreal that you cannot build a building higher than the mountain interesting so we have skyscrapers and they're tall skyscrapers but because of where they're positioned on the slope of the mountain they're lower than the mountain but they're actually taller but what that gives you is when you're standing at the top of this it's it's not really a big mountain it's a it's a molehill if you will compared to most mountains but you get to see across the whole city nothing's blocking your view but that also lets you see past and you can see the mountains from the like the Appalachian region and all that further down so you get this beautiful like vista but you're in the city so you feel like you're in the country as well so you're getting like this like country feel so if you're if you come to Montreal that's like one of the first places I bring you is there cuz whether it's in the morning, middle of the day or night, it's just gorgeous. Montreal is a gorgeous city. Huh. That's awesome and it really gives you a perspective of the area. That is super cool. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So you've spent have you spent your whole life in Montreal other than, you know, I'm sure you've left the city I, i've traveled yeah. <laughs> i've traveled um because i've been like uh, answering the questions before i've been to ireland i've been to england i've been to a lot of provinces across canada and a lot of states and cuba and mexico those are the places i've traveled uh but i've lived myself i, I was born in montreal then we moved to prince edward island for two years grew up there which gave me a very unique aspect i really love the maritime lifestyle it's very relaxed no stress and then I lived in uh, Ottawa, or just out, uh, a suburb outside of Ottawa. And they, as much as Ottawa is our capital for people who don't know Canada, Ottawa, not Toronto. Okay. We need to make this clear. People keep saying Toronto. I don't know why. It's Ottawa. It's a small, small farm. It was actually a logging town when it was chosen. Really weird. But it's, it, it kept that small feel, Ottawa, but it still has that big big city energy sometimes when you're in the in the business section i think that's a lot of canadian towns i think there are a lot of small canadian or small canadian towns have that you know you get that small feel but you also get that big city energy sometimes they have that section so if you need to be that big city energy you can go there but you still get that sense of community from being in the small cities yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. And I, I wonder, I wonder what the reasons behind that would be. Um, but so Ottawa being our capital or the, the, the distinct difference between the, the, the whole small town feel of, of I, I think it's city. just Canadians being a sense of community. I think we love community so much because where our like our history, where we're coming from, like, Canada's not the like best place to you know start a country because it has the harshest environments, right? We can go like in one day you can have winter, spring, fall, summer. Like you can have in one day in Canada you can get all of those. Specifically in spring or fall, you get those. those you get the full seasons in one day. So we have to rely on our our neighbors, on our colleagues, our cousins, our family. So no matter what, we always keep that feel in any town you go to you feel that sense of community because you have to rely on your neighbor to help you out you have to rely on your and that's like just genetically been built into us after generations of generations so whenever you go into a small town you know they have that sense of community 
but they also bring we bring it into the business world and we try and create communities in the businesses. So sticking on this idea of community and the importance of relationships in our quick questions, my first question that I always ask is who's your favorite person and why you mentioned that your dad was your favorite person. Yeah. Do you want to expand a little bit on that, on what, what made him your favorite person? For people, um, so most of my friends who are probably going to listen to this, I look exactly like my father. They're like, we're our, like cut from the same cloth. Like the old saying, like, oh, God broke the mold with you. No, he didn't. He didn't break the mold with my dad. He, he molded. He's like, look, we can just make a copy and it's good. It's fine. He'll do good. He's already a good looking man. So I'm exactly like a replica of my dad. Uh, I have, I, I've always idolized my dad because he's been this big, powerful person throughout my whole life wearing the business suits, you know, and, but he's also been that fun guy that can, you can play around with when, when it was like father time, you know, like, or chilling with the kids. And for, I've always idolized, like literally my scratching when I was younger, learning to write, I tried to learn cursive like my father. And my father has like this super small, very poignant cursing. If you look at it, it looks just like scribbles. Like a doctor will have a hard time deciphering his writing. So like, even now when I write cursive or like, like non-cursive, it looks like my father's writing because I idolized him so much. And it's just because he's always impressed me with what he's done, his knowledge. Like when we, he, he does the crossword every day for fun. I could never understand that because I, 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 I grew up and I, I have like dyslexia, but I don't like my letters don't mix, but I have a hard time spelling if I'm not typing and autocorrect. So I have a hard time because I didn't learn the phonetic uh, style because of moving when I was younger. So I've always envied him on that, but I, it's always impressed me that he can like just pop out these words out of nowhere. I'm like, where the hell did you learn that word? Like, that's a $20 word, not even a 5 or $10 word. That's a $20 word. You know, I've never heard this. But because of because of that, like, I want to idol like idolize myself after and, like, model myself. I've been reading books. Like, I, I devour books. I have this insatiable need for knowledge. And it all comes from him because he. I always wanted to be on his level when I was younger. Like, oh, I want to do the crossword. And then I was like, okay, well, I can't technically do a crossword, but I can do the Sudoku. And that's just as a challenging so like i've been trying to emulate him my whole life and i watched a video uh on a documentary and it really resonated me with me more like it brought me back called the last shaman where this kid i felt a real connection to him uh with what i recently went through with uh, with 2020 on my burnout that's why i went burnout to boss um and his story is like holy shit like i can i can see a lot of similarities for me and one of the last lines is his father actually says men always want to have a closer relationship to their father, but they don't know how. And I feel that, and he said, I'm still quoting him. And I, we just had a really deep conversation that really connected us. And this is the father saying it to his son after his son went through this whole thing in the video. And it's like, and it just hit me and I'm like, so fucking profound and true. And so I literally called my dad like right after and thanked him and all that. And we had a very emotional connection and he, he want, and he's watched the show movie afterwards because he texted me for it. And he's, and just randomly we had a conversation. I was calling my brother to talk with him and he's like, Phil, I get it. 
and I knew exactly what he was talking about and everything in my life just seemed to like shift that, okay, I'm doing my right thing. I'm on my path. My idol, my mentor, my superhero, my dad, he's acknowledged that in me and saying, dude, you're doing the right thing. Like you're now building your path. And it just reinforces that what I'm trying right to do in my life is the right thing. So for me, it's just like, I know this is like really like philosophical, profound, like next level thinking. And like, you didn't think you'd get this on my wax museum. Uh, Cause I listened to some other podcasts, some episodes and it wasn't as profound. And I never thought I would be getting like, I am now a thinker. I am Aristotle, you know? I'm like, I'm not nowhere close to that, but like helping people, I'm giving these words of wisdom. I'm stealing from like these smart people and giving it to other people. And I'm getting credit. I'm like, no, it's not me. I swear I'm a phony. I'm fake. So, yeah. I love that. I, I think there definitely is something about, you know, a father-son relationship where we do look up to our dad. and Because that's, you know, it's a role model, right? That's the first role model that we have. And, and that's who we see. And... Mm-hmm. I remember writing in my own journal as a kid about how I wanted to have the same job as my dad because that's the only job I knew was available, right? That's, that's what it is. It's like when we're young and children, the only jobs we see are what our parents have. So my dad worked in investing. Like he was a, 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 a financial advisor for really rich people. Uh, for Sun Life, uh, Standard, the banks, like he he worked with these mega companies, right? So all I knew about were finance stuff, stockbrokers, investors, uh, people like insurance salesmen, like where my dad started, and investment advisors, like all the finance. I never knew about the creative side, like podcasting, directing. That always interested me, but it because I didn't know anybody in that industry, it was like, I'll never be there. Whereas in finance, I know I can just go, hey, dad, I want to start as a as someone in a bank. And he's like, yeah, here, talk to this person. Like he had the connections. And as I grew up, I'm like, no, I'm not going to use my father's connections. I'm going to do it on my own. And I did get many. I landed at one of the most prestigious banks in Canada, you know. And um, so that was like, OK, I can do it on my own. Like that was my first foray. I didn't need my father. I'm driving my own path. But where it stalled in my career. I'm like, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? You know, I, I'm not going on. I'm not where my dad is at this age and this and that. And so, like, I've just been reborn, if you will, after watching that, sh- that movie and uh, reconnected to my child self and interviewing so many entrepreneurs on my podcast and their their stories. And it's like, oh, the, okay. So it's okay. I got time. Cool. All right, cool. I got time. Yeah, yeah, everybody operates on their own timeline. And I, I think that's probably one of the most important lessons that anybody can learn. Hey guys, Alex popping in here at halftime just to remind you that you can leave us a review and you can do it while listening to the podcast. I know, pretty cool, right? So you can do that by going to podchaser.com and looking up My Wax Museum using the first link in the show notes or leaving us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, and now, back to the show. For your own timeline, we've talked a little bit about how you're reinventing yourself, how you're doing your own thing and discovering these, these creativity, um, creative interests that you have. 
There you go. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> this sentence is... <laughs> yeah, you're, you're like, you're starting the sentence in your mouth, your brain, it's coming out, and then you're like, wait, no, I didn't know where I was finishing with this, and I want to go over here. Uh, I'm like, that was <laughs> that was the wrong word. Your creative interest, you're getting into these things. Tell me a little bit about what it is that you're focused on now and that you're that you're working on building. Right now, I'm focused on making the best podcast for my listeners, but also for my clients. I have um, one client who pays me directly. Uh, funny enough, as we were talking, I just got another client wanting to pay me. So that's awesome. Um, that's a limited series, so it's a one-off payment, but it's still great because it's in my repertoire. Um, but I'm making the best content for my clients so that they have this amazing um thing to provide to their audience, their guests, their followers, their people in their business and what, what have you. I'm also looking at like bringing it to the next level. Like how can I make it even better for it? So I'm actually co-hosting on a lot, producing a lot of other podcasts. Uh, I just, uh, we just launched a new podcast uh, called the real boys where we, where it's eight comedians put, uh, and podcasters talking about, movies which you'd be like oh my god not another bald bearded white group of comedians right talking about movies like the world doesn't need another one but what we're doing is we're changing it into a panel show so we do a live show where we have our two one of our two hosts and then you have us as a panel so it's like Hollywood squares and all this. So everybody gets their time to talk. No one's talking over each other. Obviously we're working through everything and getting into our groove. Cause no, none of us have done this. We only run our own podcasts. So being on a panel show is a little more difficult, but the host that we have, he's great. He, he keeps us on track and all the podcasters kind of incent, like in, intrinsically know we're going to get a chance to talk. So I'm not going to jump over someone and get learning that and organizing that but also taking that and helping out uh, a comedian who wants to do the same thing and he wants to take his podcast to the next level so i'm like okay i'm doing this i can i figured out this i can bring it over here and help you do your panel show over here so here i got two shows i'm doing here and once i get them to work out the kinks i can then bring it over to my clients and say look i can offer you this and it's already worked out the kinks if you want to see look over here and so it's like i'm just like creating as much as I can and just to help bring people. Cause I know like as a podcaster, you know how powerful podcasting is. You get to meet all these amazing people, but also you increase your brand awareness and create find your own clients. So it's so important to be able to learn and constantly learn. And that's podcasting is that long way to say that I'm trying to become a podcast mogul. That's what I'm trying to do. People that's the end goal. I'm going to get there. You're going to get there. We're all going to get there. It's like podcasting is such a fun thing, especially when you have your things on the side where you are, you're experimenting and you're trying new things. And then exactly like you said, you get to take that and say, oh, yeah, I've been playing around with that idea over here. I know that I can do it for you over here because I've already, you know, I've already broken things in my own personal project and <laughs> Yeah, I already know what not to do. So we got, we don't have to worry about that. And like most of these people, they've never done live streaming or if they do live streaming, they're using Zoom and they don't know about all these amazing products that are out there to bring their streaming to the next level. Cause either they're, they're one, they don't have the time to look for it or it's brand new 
And because we're podcasters, this is our life. We need to be on the cutting edge. We need to know what's the next thing that's coming so we can play with it and go, okay, is this worth my time investing in it? Will it bring me value? No. Okay. I played with it. It's not useful. And then when, when you have a client go, yeah, I, I played around with this. You go, yeah, I, I've used that. Um, I prefer this method instead because X, Y, Z, but if you want, I can work on that for you because you've played with it. You already have a basic understanding. So that's all it is. Like one of my friends, he wants to, uh, once it's less like the podcaster I'm helping Ryan, he, once he gets out of COVID and he can have a stereo uh, studio, he wants to start learning OBS. And I'm like, okay, look, OBS is a beast to learn on its own. Wait till you're in, in house and then you can start playing with it because if you the system you're using now works remotely but in studio you need to have obs because it is a broadcast system so it's free it's great but it's a it's like you need to have time to play around with it and if you don't have the studio space and everybody in the same place it's a hot lot harder to work it whereas the system you have now works perfectly just stay with that until you have a studio Right, right. And it's because of that experimentation that you're able to give that advice, like real, actual, practical, helpful advice for people. Advice. It's not like, no, no, you don't want to use it. It's bad. It's like, no, it's great, but it's a lot of work. So uh, stick with what you're doing and then like on the side, learn about it. But you have me and I've, I've messed around with it. And like streamers use it all the time, right? Because they're doing their own studio. So they don't need multiple people to work on it they just set it up and it's done for one person it's good but when you have a cast you need to be in the same location to maximize its use right right so with with this kind of idea that you have of becoming a podcast mogul you're starting all these shows you're working on all these projects you're doing client work what do you see in the future for you like what is what what what's your plan what's your big plan the big plan is just just to make as many podcasts as I can, either produce them, be on them, help out the community. Because when I first started podcasting, there was like no help. Everybody was very selfish. Everybody was like, no, I'm not going to tell you my secrets because like, I only want to be big. And now we come like we had, I say we have had, had like three bumps in podcasting. If you will, you had the initial launch back over 20 years ago when podcasting was like, Old school where you had to do the RSSS feeds manually and all that. Then you had the serial bump where I think uh, me and you probably started like this was like around 2017-ish, maybe a bit before when serial became big and like it got a new wave of podcasters in and more people thinking like, how can I make this into a business? And that's when I got into it. I was like, I'm going to do a podcast. That's when I launched my first podcast. And then you got the Joe Rogan experience explosion where Joe Rogan and Spotify signed that exclusivity deal. And then it brought in a new wave of people, more business oriented people, because they saw, holy shit, you can make big money in this. And so like now I'm like, okay, I can monetize my skill to this. So it's like, okay, I may not become Joe Rogan, but I can help people become Joe Rogan because they already have that audience they have so i can then take they pay me to make their their content and i know all this tips and tricks and the little templates i use and that so it, I, I i just want to keep growing myself as like being deep what the go-to guy for business owners entrepreneurs solo influencers whoever you are if you want a, a good 
quality podcast, you come to me as the podcast mogul. That's my goal. I don't need to make a hundred million dollars. I got time for that. That will come. Money comes, you know. I just want to make great content for people and be paid to make great content and pretty much sit and listen to podcasts all day. That's all I want, to be paid to listen to podcasts. <laughs> that would be awesome, actually. I just... Well, think about think about it. We are we are that clients pay us to do their to do to do a podcast. So technically, you sit and listen to a podcast. How much of that podcast you listen to is your choice as the editor and as the producer and all that. But they pay you to do it. So why not make it so that all your bills are covered and then that, now you're doing it for fun. Right. Right. Huh. So okay, as we get into the tail end of the podcast here. I would like to invite you to tell everybody where they can find your work. What is your website? Where can people go to stock you down, Phil? So if you want to listen to uh, the podcast, uh, Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast, it's very simple. It's on all social media. Website is investinyourselfpod.com. But if you want to follow us on social media, it's investinyourselfpod. That's it. Search that. You'll find us. Um that's for the podcast. If you want to get in touch with me business-wise, help have me produce your podcast, help, help anything. Like if you have any questions, reach out to me. The website is philbetterinc.com. It's very simple. My name, inc.com, just uh, phil at philbetterinc.com as well to send me an email. Any questions you have, I'd, whether you hire me or not, I don't care. But if you have a 45-minute call with me, I will literally get your podcast pitch done and give you something that I only give my clients where they, you will get your first hundred episodes. I will give you a, a thing to create your first hundred episodes so that you can record them at your leisure and just get better at it if you want. Cause that's the hardest thing, like making a hundred episodes of a podcast. Once you hit the hundred mark, you're a podcaster in my book. Cause most people stop after 10 to 14 episodes because they, they forget, Oh, this is so much work. Oh, I have to plan this here. Here's your podcast. Literally on the 45-minute call, I will do all the work. I'll ask you questions, fill out my form, send it to you. And then also on top of that, I'm going to send you something I give only my clients that gets you your first 100 episodes. So you already know exactly what you're going to record. And then you can work on that. You can give it to your content team or whatever, and they can write out the whole episode. You record it, and then you have your edit. And if you want, I, I will do the back end of it. I will Once you record it, you send it to me. I'll edit it, put it up. I'll host it. I'll do all that. And like, we can discuss that if you enjoyed what I had to offer you, that's all I do. Like, I just want more podcasts out and better podcasts out there so that people can find out how awesome podcasting is. It really is a fantastic, fantastic medium. And now for my final question, which I ask every guest that I have on the show, and that is at the end of your life, when you're looking back on all the experiences you've already had, when you're looking at the experiences you are having now and the ones that are yet to come, what are the things that you think you'll be looking back on with the most pride and satisfaction? So I'm going to answer this in two parts because there's going to be two things that I'm going to be happy about. If I look at it professionally, how much joy and happiness I brought people by either listening to my podcast or creating them a podcast that they're happy with. I'll be very proud if I have people, if I can look back and I can see a sea of people that I've helped either directly or indirectly that professionally, that is my goal personally. And 
me when I hit the uh, great beyond, whatever it is, I look back at my family and friends and I can see that they're happy and I was able to provide them with happiness in their life. So like my kids, I gave them a just as good of an upbringing that I had for my parents, but also better because that's what every <clears throat> every parent wants better for their child. So I want to make sure that I give my child at least what I got as a, as, a, as a child from my parents, but also better than what my parents could, what they wanted to give me, but also what I was lacking. And it's not for their fault. They, they did the best job they could, right? So I want to give my kids what I was lacking and growing up. And I, I, you can only learn that through life, right? You know, and so I want to instill on them some great uh, knowledge and wisdom and make them better than I am but also have a happy wife uh, and my friends like you, you're my friend. Like if I can help drive business to you and you're happy and I make you happy, that's that for me, that's eternally grateful. I'll be happy with that. My goal every day is to make one person smile. That's my goal every day, just to make one person smile. If I can make one person smile a day, I can go to bed happy. So if you think about it at the end of the year, that's 365 people. I'm going to live for at least another 30 years. That's a lot of people I, in my lifetime. Let's, let's do the math on that. I'm bad at math, so I have to get a calculator. Stop. Seven, what? 30, 65, 95, 1,000. Uh, that's 1,000. So approximately 10,950 yeah. people, yeah. if my math is. Yeah, I was getting there. I, I was getting is. there. Yeah, you were doing it the old way. I'm I, I'm lazy. There's a calculator on my computer. Doing it the old way. I was doing it the cool way in my head. Do you get paid to do math? <laughs> then why the fuck are you doing it in your brain? No, I don't. That's how I look at it. If it's not going to generate me income by doing it, and there's a tool to do it, I'm going to do it. I got to keep this active, man. I got to keep this active. I've got like the... Oh, no. I, I love math, but like, no. It's, it's like... After you get to like, like 360, like the, it's a three digit number by a two digit number, unless it's 10, I ain't doing it. I ain't multiplying it. I ain't doing it. There's tools to make it and it's faster. Efficiency. I like efficiency a lot in my life. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but I love, I love like the, the purpose of meaning you're going back away from the math. I love the purpose of meaning that you're going to look back on. And, and that, that idea of just making people smile. I really love that. And you have certainly. Look, I've made you smile already today. My day's done, but I already, I know I made two other people smile today too. So like more people I make smile, but as long as I get one person to smile, I know my day is great. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, Phil, uh, finally, I just want to say thank you for joining me. Alex, it was my absolute pleasure to be on the show and talk with you. And thank you, not just for listening to and supporting the show, but also for listening to the people around you. Remember to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco.